day purchase your single day or weekend pass at odafest.com for only $55 dues. Welcome to the Odafest podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Hi, I'm Dio, and that was Angelo's horrible shh. It yeah. is I, Angelo. I'm not dead yet. Stop. <laughs> okay, okay. We're back with all of your hosts that you love so much. Except uh, me. And oh. me. Or especially me. Especially you. Especially <laughs> me. We're back with a special episode with Dio and Angelo, me, Nancy. Hello. And Jay. Yes, hey. the whole crew is back. Hi. <laughs> We're here. We're doing an episode. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, Skipping Stone. Who wants to talk about Skipping Stone? OdaFest 2020 is partnering with Skipping Stone. Skipping Stone connects trans and gender diverse youth, adults, and families with comprehensive and low barrier access to the support they need and deserve. Visit skippingstone.ca to learn how you can positively impact the community today. And how? Yeah. Yes. And also, as we stated at the very beginning, buy your pass. If you uh, miss that part, just Rewind. hit back, oh, off the door price. <laughs> restart, and you'll hear it again. It's uh, very accessible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know just, what else is no longer accessible? Uh, lots of things, actually. But most recently, which has been funniest, I guess, if we want to talk about funniest things first, Funimation dropped something. They did. You can no thing? longer access this anime. Interspecies reviewers, let's talk about Funimation dropping them. Yes. So, for those who don't know the show, or what the show is about, because apparently Funimation didn't know what the show was about when they licensed it. Which doesn't make a lot of sense at all. It really doesn't. But, but we'll, we'll get into it. the show is, imagine your typical fantasy RPG style setting. You have a group of adventurers, you know, you're human, you're halfling, you're elf, um, and they live in a world where brothels are legal and they spend their days not adventuring and killing monsters but um patronizing said brothels and doing adult arts and crafts with the various races of the land that they live in so you're telling me they're like a it's like imdb yeah it's like imdb but for brothels is that what you're telling me not only brothels but race specific brothels so you can go see cat girls you can go see cat girls like it when you scratch the back of their neck yeah that's you weird go see i'm not even joking racist. that's a thing yeah yeah so you know you've got your cat girls your cow girls demons so, cyclops all kinds of just things. to be so because it's a little bit more racy than they expected i think um they it got pulled by it. phantom it got pulled by funimation Amazon Prime Video, and also even some TV stations in Japan. Yeah, Yeah. Tokyo MX in Japan stopped airing it. Which was hilarious because... They were the channel that was even censoring it. Yes, well, not only that, but they chose to drop it in a very topical kind of meme way. Which, I'm going to take you back to give you context, all the way back to like 2006. So what they did at the end of the, the last time that they aired, were supposed to air interspecies reviewers, they aired a show about boats and showing off different boats in Japan on the water. As Wait, a way is that of, what they actually did? Yes. I thought they just swapped it out for Azure Lane. 
No. No. Oh, I thought that was the joke about for the boats thing. No. Nice it was literally boat. a show about boats. Yes. It was literally which, nice boat. It 2.0. was nice boat 2.0, which wow. is very funny because way, 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 way back in 2006, they did the same thing when airing a show called School Days, which spawned a meme oh, called God. Yeah. Nice Boat, because. If you don't know what School Days is, it's basically an adaption of a like a dating sim, school school dating sim that has if you make mistakes in the VN, it has very brutal endings, like murder endings. Yeah. Um and so the series culminated in a very brutal murder in the last 10 episodes of the show. Holy in the last geez. two episodes even. In the last two episodes of the show. And so it was a big deal because at the time in Japan, there had been a series, or rather a particular murder amongst young people, Ooh. and figuring that it was maybe not appropriate to air a show about kids killing each other, they, instead of airing the show, aired the Nice Boat program. Oh! <laughs> nice, so, uh, nice Boat. We got, you know, history's doomed to re- repeat itself, and we got Nice Boat uh, twice. But I think the more interesting thing is not just that Funimation licensed it and then after three or four episodes stopped licensing it. They dubbed it. So So I really have to wonder how they like bulldozed through the licensing process before finding out the actual content. I mean, I think the problem is that they're very. So anime um, has become a pretty competitive uh, market market in terms of. So. Uh, license licensors, uh, especially like Western licensors, like uh, Funimation, Crunchyroll, that mm-hmm. kind of related thing. They just take mm-hmm. a uh, shotgun Amazon. approach with licenses. Exactly, they're like, is it an anime? Yes. Uh, is it, it is it gonna? Yeah, is it probably gonna be good? Yeah. So just um, sign them, sign them, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and my understanding is, is like they don't even just license single anime individually. No. it's like you approach a studio or a production company and you say we are going to license. XYZ portion yeah. of your airing library this season. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest issue is, like, for example, some anime, because the way the world works nowadays, we're not really, even anime is not being, um, when it's being licensed, it's not just the whole series. Like, they don't wait for the series to come out anymore. It's the same thing as, like, yeah. simulcasting and everything. So you're going to get, uh, All maybe you might be one episode behind. had the license. Yeah. Before the key art had already been drawn, right? Wow. They'll, 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 like, they'll, they'll be the source be, manga, yeah. and maybe that was it. If I had to guess, in the in the pitch room for for you know what is going to oh, be signed, they, they, they were going to be like, uh, this one if is going to be a the little key bit. art. They would not have licensed. So it because I guess the key art has a bunch of cowgirls with boobs like the size of their bodies. Sure. So lewd. really, definitely going down the lewd. Oh, it is. Street. Well, I mean, and that's, and that's, the, and that's the thing. Like, I think they, they, they were like, even if they did see the key art, they were like, well, okay, but like, but like, because there's, let's be honest, there's already mind, anime that's yeah. Sort of, I was you gonna know. say there, there, there have been some sketchy, lewd anime that have been dubbed or subbed or distributed. Like High School DxD has massive bobbies, but like. I think there's a difference between. <laughs> I, think, tracks I love. I know. I just love the Indian sort of like the East Indian uh, meme, where just like send bobs and vagina. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. But it's like that's what I was referencing. Yeah. So, but it's just kind of like there's a difference between like a show that has 
very sexual content, but uh, that's not the primary person of the show. It's yeah. just Shokugeki. Yeah, right? Like, there's sexual content, but, like, there's other stuff. Fan service is a thing. Yeah. And they probably service. assumed that it was a fan service show. And it is a fan service show. But like, it's also. You know, if it's airing in Japan, how bad can it possibly be? And the answer is very bad. Well, yeah. The only Holy. thing they really need to censor is anything below the waist. So, um, they no, but not for an like, American audience. Yes, they That's censored the this much around the waist, uh, uh, right in the center. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people who uh, don't have eyes, for the visually impaired, I'm holding up like it's like maybe a, a two inch circle. Two inch circle. I would you say roughly the goes. size of a mandarin orange. Yeah. Let me put put it this way: this show depicts. Adult arts and crafts, um, and activities, ab- and activities about as explicitly as you can get like, without calling it absolute porn. Yes, yes. Right? like pretty much. I mean, like this is the HBO of anime. Oh, right. okay then. So it's a, uh, it's it's very full frontal. It's not apologetic. And like I, me and Angel have been watching the show. Is it's the show hilarious. entertaining and hilarious? Yes, it's great. I don't know that you could air this on TV anywhere. I'm just wondering if who HBO. at Funimation, who got the license, and so, then who translated it, and then who who got the the voice actors who so, listened. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to talk about this. This is important. This is important. Yeah. Listen. So. I think a lot, this is actually going to tie back into some other industry related drama where like people were complaining or discussing like how much are translators paid or how much do translators work for. And something that like, I think a lot of people didn't realize or like something that I learned from the discussions that were coming up from that is like, it's not that like Funimation or Crunchyroll or any of these distributing companies have an in-house set of translators and people who do all of the translation and um, creating of the, the the subtitles and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff is outsourced to independent contractors. Yep. Honestly, so keep in mind, so many steps. Oh, there. That's exactly they what I'm going to get to. Well, oh, there's always. That's what I'm going to get to. But here's the thing. Let's, 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 let me finish. So because there are so many steps and there are so many hands that yes. are touching a thing, something I've noticed in my own career and just in general is that when you have a lot of people touching a project and a lot of people working on a project it gets harder and harder for the people responsible for that project to understand the entire project right so i i i bet scale you, is something is that's i bet you that what manage. happened is because so many people were doing so many different things that the person like the key person at the top in charge of this project just really didn't understand. They probably just wanted to know whether it was being done or they not. They must have yeah. never looked at it. Right? But here's a here's a here's another thing that I want like, to put until forth. Until some Karen was called him up and was like, you "I have, want to speak to your manager." You have other animes that obviously have like edgy elements or even like let's say close to being pornographic elements. Yeah. But they're not necessarily the whole series is of that caliber of right. of lewdness. So let's, let's bring real. up the so whole let's, series is that no no I'm not talking about that series right interspecies that's, that's why this I, is I, I get that's... it but no 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 you start something difficult when you start showing a series like Goblin Slayer yeah mm, yeah I'm gonna put that out right now and I'm not like I'm not on the choo choo morality train here yeah I'm literally no, no, just saying going. that. Slippery, slippery slope is sort of a thing when you re- when you regard this kind of stuff because even though you can easily argue that Goblin Slayer, uh, and I haven't seen all of it, but I know the very the first episode 
I've seen oh, that, yeah. and everyone knows that. So even if the rest of the series never touches on that kind of, let's say, it brutality. Never gets- and as dark as that first right chapter. but you, but you still have, aired that first you have episode. literally and, and you can argue well you have to air the first episode for those i get that too but, but you still showed it like you, you still, still showed, it, showed it and you allowed it knowing what you were getting into, into? and so then how this do you is then turn around yeah. and justify saying no because i think yeah i think from a sponsor or like a, a shareholder position if you have something that has this kind of content and you want to show that because like it's your property and yeah. then you see another property that does something similar even if it's not to the same degree or as often right your the argument that you're going to make is why can they do it and i in can't. terms of a in terms of crunchy roll at the very least for example right crunchy roll is mostly i would say family friendly like it's yeah, a little, a little uh, like you know 99% i would cl- say close to right i mean there's like Fan service, but let's be honest. In the world of anime, fan service is almost the the same as family family friendly because yeah. that's sort of just how they treat it. Like a panty flash is like whatever. Like yeah, a panty flash or like something like implied innuendo is okay, but like showing yeah. sexual organs is yeah. But Gob okay. like but Goblin Slayer jumps Depicted that. Yeah, an arson crash. It was it was essentially extremely scenario. what do you call it? Graphic. Uh, a graphic well, and, it was extreme, and explicit. Graphic, it's explicit. Violence. It's explicit, right? And then once you once you do that, and somebody okay's it, and then they're also gonna just show the rest of the show or whatever. It's there. It's just in the library. It's part of the history of that. It's not really a surprise that something like interspecies reviewers, whether they backtrack, like you know, they backtrack on it or not, that somebody would approve it. Yeah, it's not exactly. that. Because it's not that far of a jump. It's been done before. Yes, whether you make but it one episode is not a whole series. Is okay, but <laughs> anime pity is a, a nip too far. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but like it's, my my guess, right, is, is very similar to the scenario yeah. that Jay was talking about earlier, which is that because you're if you're someone who's going to license a bunch of things and you want to be ahead of the curve and have all these things, you can simulcast them and and release the the like a lot of times with these shows you're releasing to my understanding the subtitles and the subtitle s at like within two hours of it airing yep. like you're getting it right that's away the, that's the, that's the audience demand over, nowadays, right because that's right? what the audience demands yep. so i imagine in the boardroom it, where a bunch of these things are being thrown at you free to potentially license you're probably looking at i don't know 10 shows and you've got five probably five minutes to look at each show, maybe even less. If you're doing 10 shows, you probably only have two minutes to look at every single show for right. an hour long. And then meeting. like when it comes down to... Uh, you just don't see all yeah. of the details. The folks that are like doing the translating and they're the ones who kind of do have to see the episode in a way, right? Because they're trying to match yeah. everything to the scene and, and all it's that stuff. It's not up sure. to them to say yeah, if it's appropriate say, or no, not. Right? They're like, no. oh, they, I'm sure like, like maybe I'm... some of them in the studio, they, like if it was you, for example, yep. I'm sure you'd be like, uh, uh, they're doing this. Uh, well, well, I mean, like, okay, so this is my job, I so guess. So when we outsource uh, translating parts of a website, let's my say, for example, to oh no, uh-huh. <laughs> on my laptop, <laughs> we're gonna have to bleep that out. Uh-huh. So when we in in my other career, when we outsource like translating parts of a website to contractors, it is their job to do it in context, so they do it. And they rarely ever question the material they're translating. It's not their job to. Their job is to just translate whatever we put in front of them. Hand it over to you. I'm sure, like the project manager of like whatever you know, the signing is and all that stuff. 
they're probably four bosses up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like, it's kind of like, uh, like you could be like, I'm not comfortable, and then have someone have and someone else work on honestly, it. Honestly, contractors but... translate tons of things. It's Stuff a bulk just, thing. It's I'm a sure, constant right? churn. Like they, they don't like. Right? I'm sure if you asked a translator, it's like, how yeah. was your day? They'd be like, oh no, I translated like a whole bunch of things. Like there was like, some of it's weird. Yeah, and whatever. I think it's like because you're a contractor, right? Some of it will be family-friendly stuff. Like, you'll be working for big companies like Crunchyroll Funimation, but you'll also be working for small studios that dub hentai or all kinds of other things. Like, you probably don't care what you're being handed, what your job is True. to translate the thing, hand it over, get your paycheck. Right. Yep. It's, and so it's just worth it. The translators obviously aren't going to be the ones who are voicing concerns about this. But the, the part that really does get me is that as the voice actors are in the studio behind the microphone and they're doing their lines when they and the director so the director usually will end up seeing the same episode a few times because they're going to have a couple of waves of different actors coming in by the time the first wave is done and they've done all of their lines probably seen the whole maybe by the the third wave of people they will have seen the entire episode because you're they you're dubbing in context. chunks. Yes. So by the third or fourth actor, you've probably seen the whole thing. I would think the director might raise concerns. But at the end of the day, is it their job to? Because I, they get because so here's my thought. Because they would just get they're like, this is the episode, this is the project. But do the work. So here's so from my understanding in the industry, what happens is that the director is not responsible for the content, but the person who wrote the script and handed it down to the director knows the content and will have informed the director what kind of content to expect. And the actors who are hired into that role are usually given a heads up as to if it's very adult. Like a lot of actors sure. will not do sex scenes or they won't do hentai games they won't do you know and like a lot of a lot of actors prefer to stay in like the family friendly or like at the very most the pg-18 for for respectability and and that's always debatable depending on the actor you talk to i I think what dio was talking with scope and stuff right right. but the person who at the end of the day was the casting director who hired the cast would have had to legally inform them that this is a requirement of the job so at what point did that ball get dropped i don't know so here's my guess my guess is that probably the director knew what kind of content it is I've I've listened to the dub. It sounds like the the it sounds like the voice actors like they don't sound awkward. They don't they sound like they did a good it's job. An episode. Right? It sounds like it's a good episode that they right. did. Regular. Um my guess would be and here's the thing. They released three subbed episodes and only one dubbed episode. Mm-hmm. My guess is that right until they the... completed the dubbed episode, that's probably where concerns got that's, raised. Yeah. That's my guess because oh, yeah. that's when they dropped the show the next it, day. But it's mm-hmm. still weird because you no I think it just comes down to the chain of command and signing off on things. Yeah, and then that's what I think it's as like, well. Like, you can say that someone dropped the ball, but at the end of the day... An anime got made before the speed of bureaucracy I would, I would, I would probably say... It's something like that in the, in the sense that they were like, I got this new... I got this IP. Uh, let's get this coming through now. It's new. It seems uh, a little racy or whatever, but sex sells, whatever. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. At the and end I mean, of the day... Let's send, it, let's send it through. I understand why they quit on it. Yeah. And, but I'm just happy that it happened at all. And I, I imagine hilarious. that it's, I imagine it's a lot like what Dio was saying is that the people who were involved in the project up until they actually saw the entire episode, they probably thought, oh yeah, there'll be some racy content. They weren't expecting yeah. like full on arts and crafts. 
going at it. Yeah. And uh, that's that's probably when the really big red flags were raised and they decided to go through with it. They were just like, okay. I'm sure what also happens, there's a name for this uh, phenomenon. I can't remember what it is. But it's the one where the peons who are down below management, if they're handed a task, they assume they're supposed to be doing it. So, yes. so there's yeah. there's always a thing where it's like, well, someone signed off on this. I'm sure this is fine. And so they do it. They do the job to the best of their capabilities. And, and, well, I no, can't one, we're doing this, and no one really I'm raises the concern it. that should we be doing this? And that's the thing. Like, I don't think that's uh, as, we're, as like uh, uh, simplistic as it is. It's not the wrong mentality to have because a, mm-hmm. lot, of the, a lot of the time and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there are responsible you have your work responsibilities and yep. then responsibilities that you could be like well you should be concerned for the company but you don't always know what direction the company is taking for example yeah right. you don't know and, what the customer not, wants or yeah whatever. you weren't at the board meeting you weren't yeah. whatever like like and you just sort of assume that the people who yeah. were involved in the decision making process did, did it fully aware of and what they were getting into it's that yeah. it's that very simple i just work here yeah it yeah, is. I, I, just work I just work here. And it's not necessarily the... being irresponsible. It's literally being responsible for what for you were job. assigned to do. Yeah. You were assigned to do a these... task. You did your task. Yeah, yeah. these if are your our, responsibilities. If my company in my role right now, if either the customer or the control center tells me to do something that will end up shooting the company or the customer in the foot, even if I raise concerns and they say keep going, it's not my problem anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I you just, just work it. there, dude. I mean, you still might get like... Uh, you still might get in crap later, and they'll be like, "Why did you let it through?" I said, "Because you told me to let it through." And yeah. they'll be like, "Well, that's and not this good is enough. Where that's malicious. another stupid problem." Oh, no. Right. But, that's great but thing about not my on company, a scale. They but, understand. But there's yeah. a difference between that is like again the scale of a pro- like projects like these. I, yeah. There's enough people that are like willing to just be like, I, "We need to get it done because we got told to get it done." We got told so, to get it done. My livelihood yeah. depends on me getting it done, so yeah. I'm gonna do it. And so I fully believe that at some point some degree of malicious compliance happened here someone probably did raise a concern and they were just overridden and they were like okay well if you say so just do your job and so thus this is what happened and it's funny it's a thing it's happened and history repeats itself right indeed (laughs) yeah uh but i do think it gave i do i do think it gave the show some extra Credit. Uh, extra credits, some extra, PR. you know. Oh, Blu-ray sales are going to be through the roof after this. Uh, no one buys <laughs> Blu-rays. I don't. People in Japan do, and that's the only ones that matter. Okay. <laughs> because uh, the Blu-rays for these in Japan are stupid expensive. Actually, buying anything, Japan, like anything in hard media in expensive. Japan, is very expensive. You like, think it wasn't? But equivalent it is. is something like a no, hundred bucks. I disagree. For like one volume. I think it just depends on, like, Japan is the one thing. That I never talked about. Uh, we talked about early in like the podcast season because like we were like just traveled to Japan and stuff like that. But the one thing that I forgot to bring up that uh, from my experience, and but this definitely reminds me of it. Japan is probably the most capitalistic uh, country that I have gone to so far, exceeding like it. the U.S. And maybe it's like yeah, I know you haven't been. Yeah. But I feel like so you go to Japan, and like. In a major city, every inch, not every inch, but like so many parts of it is just covered with ads, covered with services. Mm. They offer every service imaginable for a price. They offer every uh, uh, product available, like, you know, for a price, the kind of thing. Like they are so capitalistic in that sense. If you want it, it is viable. 
Yeah, like whether it's a rentable boyfriend, rentable for, family. Yeah, rentable family, literally. Or yeah. you want? Oh my god! Like, I watched like, a video about host clubs the other day, and the costs involved are insane. Oh yeah, people yeah. make crazy. If you are a hostess in Japan, like if you're a well-respected, like well-liked hostess with regular customers, even hosts, like yeah, or, or host, host too. Hostess, yeah, period. Hostess, like, it's like, like if you're just sixty-five hundred dollars a night. Yeah, like you're making yep. six figures. And it's, like, and it's and it's I I like I say this like Japan is uh, at least in those urban centers like um you know and I've, I haven't been in New York yet but like San Francisco didn't seem that crazy haven't been to LA yet but I still don't think it's that crazy I, it's literally this sense of like can, if there's a niche where you could possibly make some money somebody has that service available for you yeah in an urban center in Japan mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, it's not it doesn't feel bad it's just really very strange. different just from business yeah. all yeah. things considered this show will probably make a higher profit because of this maybe like with anime i mean it still has to be a good show the broadcasting the way that they get broadcast is way different from the states like or in north america a show is made and then a company like amc or hbo or something pays to license it yeah and uh, that's how the studio makes its money right in japan the studio has to pay the channel to air the content, and then the cha- the the studio has to make their money back on like Blu-ray sales or merch sales, or international licensing. If an anime doesn't sell Blu-rays, the studio goes bankrupt. Do you think or merch other like like because I wasn't in Japan long enough to know, and Asia is sort of I don't really recall because I'm not watching TV media all the time. Do you think they have so much? incoming media that's being produced all the time that they don't syndicate as much like so for example in american tv like uh, i think you could probably still like they'll, they'll still do reruns of like simpsons futurama friends mm, true maybe like fraser i'm not like, sure but i feel like i've never really heard about syndication in other countries like like sorry syndication is one thing i meant more like just reruns, reruns like doing reruns I, you know I i've like never there's... heard of it either and i feel like because like just in the anime space, like there's so yeah. much. But but in, new but stuff. In, in like American shows, you hear about reruns, reruns all the time. Because and they still make money off those. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, and, 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 I, and like I, actors' contracts will be like, yeah, I want like a clause for reruns. Uh, reruns time. And, and, and I think I think they'll still make extra to your money point, off that. that ties in like maybe that's not a thing because in like the states, right, or like in North America, you make money off of the rerun because like the. the, the broadcast studio is paying money to rerun your show but it's the exact opposite in like i feel Japan, like yeah right so you would have to pay money to have the your studio show would be have broadcast. to pay money to yeah. have the show be broadcast right um anyway i'd like to move on a little bit from this yeah. uh it's february uh we already talked about valentine's day in case you missed that somehow uh, how dare you? Go watch the last episode, <laughs> nerd. Uh, we give but, some good dating advice, apparently. Yeah, it, well, I don't know. We Hopefully give subjective. We give subjective dating subjective advice. Subjective dating Doesn't mean advice. it's good. We give advice. <laughs> and if we did give the advice good, then maybe you gave or received some chocolate. And it's chocolate. 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 Oh, oh, we've touched on an, on a topic here. Oh boy. Okay, so who's a chocolate snob here? What is, it, what is it to be a snob? I, because chocolate, I give it to me. will eat most chocolate. I, yeah, I will stay away from some chocolate. I don't like Easter egg chocolate. So I will go over some some pretty the, divisive chocolate things. The worst okay. chocolate I've ever had get. is the last like maybe 10 years 
advent calendar chocolate. Ooh, Maybe. yeah. That's never good. I don't like cheap chocolate. When I was yeah. younger, that was the best shit ever. No. Yeah, no. But now like the last time I had it's advent sugar, calendar, but... it's like, what am I eating? Yeah. This isn't chocolate. But, okay. Although to, to that point, I think you could also say that it's because your taste buds have developed a bit. True. I would sooner. And actually, this is one thing that uh, one of my nephews did a while, a while ago. He made a, be- a craft beer advent calendar. Huh. Cool. Neat. Where it was just 24 Christmas-flavored beers. That's cool. Uh, Christmas flavors sounds terrifying. Anyway, so, what, what does okay, it mean to be a chocolate some, snob, Nance? Some really divisive chocolate topics. Number okay. one, do you consider white chocolate chocolate? Yes. So, I know it's not, but yes. It's sold to me as chocolate, so yeah. yes. I don't care. I would care. say I can... It's, it's Cause what else are you... What are you going to call it? Yeah. You want to call In it North white... America, like both Canada and the States, it has to have a certain amount of cacao butter... To be considered the state called white chocolate. The states have a lower uh, uh, st- standard for chocolate. Their chocolate sort of sucks compared to a lot of other. Yeah, but chocolates. the states has a standard for white chocolate, whereas Europe actually does not. Because they don't consider it to be chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, that's yeah. why. So anyway, I, sorry. I would say I I consider it chocolate on on the same technicality. Yeah, it's marketed and sold to me as chocolate. They tell me I'm it's not, chocolate. It tastes. I'm like not chocolate. gonna. I'm not going out of my way to be like it's cacao solids. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's well, the purest argument. Well, yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the purest argument is that if you do not have ground cacao beans in it, it is not chocolate. And while white chocolate does come from a chocolate bean, because it's it's basically just like cocoa butter. Yeah. Uh, and in solid form. And that's good. And it tastes <laughs> it tastes kinda like chocolate and yeah. Rub so it on yourself. That's that's another that's a purest thing. Um what other ones? Number two. Uh, wait, 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 what but so what do you consider? Oh, what do I consider? Um, personally, I don't care for white chocolate, but it's it's Cons- it falls under the the chocolate umbrella of confection. Of I appreciate white chocolate because people who are allergic to chocolate can often have white chocolate. Wait, hold I on. There that. are people who are allergic to cacao. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a, there can be anyone who be allergic to anything. But here's another thing. I mean, lactose I'm okay with white chocolate because not because I like white chocolate. Don't give me just a chunk of that. Okay. Give me cookies and cream. Hell yeah. Yes. yes. So Hell, by yeah. like Hell, just yeah. honestly Hell, yes. by that definition, yes. <laughs> We had some cookies that. and cream that mini eggs the other day. They were oh, so good. So I had uh, I love a, a cookies and cream. cream hot chocolate earlier today. Oh, that, was... that sounds they good. They sell that stuff at Costco. I should go pick so, up a, yeah. anyway, a really big So box. what's option so, number like, two? You're not, you're not wrong. No. Nobody's and wrong. I don't think like... anyone has a wrong opinion on this, but I have noticed that these are very divisive arguments among chocolate snobs. If it good, it good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I fully think that people are allowed to like what they like. You know, yeah. at, on, with with the subtext that as long we as it doesn't harm shame, anyone. We don't chocolate shame. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So what's number two? What's okay, number so two device of number chocolate Number two, uh, dark chocolate grades. So people will um, often oh, like tell you. like 50, 70, yeah. 90. People will often tell you that they have a favorite or what is considered the best take, tasting level of cacao percentage in a chocolate. I think most milk chocolates fall in the 60% and a little bit yeah. lower. And then you've got darker ones at 70, 80, sometimes even 90. Yeah. 
I, okay, so I don't dislike dark chocolate, mm-hmm. but I find that I can taste the difference between, like, the different higher percentages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, to. It's mostly it, just bitterness. Yeah. yeah. I do find that depending on my mood, I want something more bitter, like a 90%, yep. or I want something sweeter or even a milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I like them all. It's yeah. chocolate. Angela's also not good. pretentious. Uh, I, I prefer think. milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. I actually do. I prefer milk chocolate over dark chocolate. I still like dark chocolate. But whenever someone says that, oh, milk chocolate isn't real chocolate, you gotta have the dark chocolate. <laughs> you would, you would, you know what? Go. I go, go full GIF versus GIF on them, and I'd be oh. like, if you're not gnawing on fucking unsweetened baker's chocolate, you're not a real human. Get no, on no, my that's level. That's not what you should do. You should just get, like, like, again, like a cookies and cream bar, like white chocolate, like piss them off, just stare them in the eye, assert Give it dumb, a death eat it, eat it, and just assert dumb. Yeah. Yes. I would for dark chocolate for me because I am I'm sort of a foodie in the sense that like I care about food. But I'm like you get specific about just what you like. It doesn't have to be objective. When it comes to dark chocolate, it's about the texture of it more so than the actual flavor. If I have it in a truffle, I'm really happy. If I have it as a bar, I'm unhappy. That's fair. So you're more about the texture and the delivery form of what your chocolate. Well, takes. sort of, yeah, because like it, it just has to kind of go together somehow. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't really, it's expectations, sort of how for how really it dark chocolate, sit. like ninety percent, I have to be in the right mood for it. I agree. Seventy percent, I can enjoy any time. Yep. And uh, like milk chocolate is just yeah, just give me a bowl full of milk chocolate and a spoon. Okay, but here's the other thing. Um, Angelo, are you lactose intolerant? Hell no. So you I are not... I will tolerate every bit of lactose and shit. <laughs> I am extremely tolerant of lactose. Of lactose. I, I see. So cows, um... <laughs> uh, Some cows are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in uh, interspecies reviewers, the cowgirls are the best ones. And we have a new kink, everyone, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That is a new kink right there. You've um, witnessed the, the birth of a new kink. Um, so, personally, I am a little lactose intolerant. So, I'm, I'm already predisposed against milk chocolate. Not because I don't like the way it tastes. But it hurts your tum. But it hurts my tum-tum. So, I like, to, I like to go towards 70%. Um, I have had some exceptionally creamy 70% chocolates. Yeah, some of them and, are really good. And oh, I yeah. really, really like them. But I agree with Jay. I really, really like it when someone gives me chocolate in truffle form as opposed to just be giving me like a slab of dark chocolate. What were those chocolates that your mom brought us for Christmas? She brought us lint chocolate. Yeah, those ones. The dark chocolate from that was really good. Yeah, okay. it was good. So lint 70 or 80%, you can find this in like any grocery store. Like the lint excellent slabs that you can get. Yeah. Sometimes they go they're on like sale a, and they're great. For, for not, not to like, they're weird. It's weird to say, but they're like a fairly available, good chocolate. Yeah, they're yeah. an accessible, yeah. like fairly they're, good yeah. chocolate. So like I, if you want good chocolate, you can get lint. Yeah, and it's not and it does it's not that expensive either. Right, yeah, just don't eat lint back to back with an exceptionally good chocolate because if you do, it will you. ruin you. I've uh, I've been to a couple of different like chocolate tiers uh, in Calgary. Well, we have Bernard Calibo. We have Bernard Calibo, but you know Ooh. we also have chocolate, and chocolate, uh, chocolate does not bill themselves as a chocolatier. 
they bill themselves as a chocolate maker because they they import oh. all the beans, they grind it here, they make the actual physical mm-hmm, chocolate mm-hmm. here. That's cool. Whereas Bernard Calibo, they're a larger franchise, so what they do is they make the chocolate somewhere, but they and ship it gets them out in blocks to the retail stores. Yeah, somewhere. where they melt them down and they reshape them into cute little bunnies or something. So. Uh, I've been to chocolate. I've been to some of their, their open nights. They show you how they make their chocolate in their factories, which is really cool. And if it's your thing, they're apparently also expanding into the cannabis snacks market. Ooh. And all the stuff that's, you know, locally made, it's going to be, I think it's available at Sobeys and Safeway now. Sure. Ooh. Uh, anyway. Time to get Jay fucked up again. Oh, no. No, I never got fucked up. Yeah. You got fucked up. I never have a you're talking about. You're fucked up. No. Okay. So, uh, having been to their factory and done their factory tour, they literally sat us down and they gave us three different kinds of 70 and 80 percent and a, a milk chocolate of theirs as well. And then they fed us lint back to back with it. And it tasted waxy and kind of plasticky, even though I know I like lint. Like, I, I like their orange one, and they're straight dark, and, like, sometimes they're really good. I'm still going to have really a cookies creeper. I'm still going to enjoy their, their, you know, chocolates every now and again, but just having that stark comparison was a bit of an eye-opener. I have two things to add to that. Hey. One, mm-hmm. I'm still going to stand by the cookies and cream thing because uh, pretentious by chocolate. All means. Because pretentious, no, no. I would love to have a high-quality one, but pretentious chocolate makers won't make that. <laughs> That's sort of the thing. I'm getting it where I can get it. Yeah. Number one. Yep. Okay. Number two, I've also been similar to you. I have been to Ghirardelli down in San Francisco. Mm, yes. And that's Ghirardelli, for, if you don't know, is like a really, it's an older uh, but very respected like chocolate maker mm-hmm. uh, based out of San Fran. Uh, there's actually, they're, they're close to like Pure 52 or whatever it's called. Um, anyway, super cool, really great uh, like tasting stuff. But at the, like, you know, they put the all the crappy candy stuff by the grocery checkout for uh, a reason. Yeah, they And do. sometimes you're just going to get it and it's totally fine. When was the yeah. last time you had um, those little chocolate Easter eggs that were wrapped in just like those. cheap foil and I, like you eat them and they I actually kind of really don't, don't really like those. Oh, I love those. Yeah, I, I love those too. I will get, if I get some, I will give them to you because I really can't take I, I can't take how either. sweet they are. I, I'm going to be real with you. They don't taste like chocolate. They don't. Me. It's they just are... sugar. I can oh. only eat them. I can only eat them with milk because the milk Ugh. sort of actually. Fixes it really, for you? I actually it's really sort of, like the texture of them. I hate the texture so, as well. <laughs> I love the texture yeah, too. I, I'm gonna have to like, like they are the no. most basic bitch Easter candy, and I love no. Them. They're the they're most great. basic bitch candy. It's like period. all Easter candy, which to me is Easter candy doesn't really taste like thing or anything. It's just a vehicle for sugar. It's a confectionery. It's not actually sugar. It's not actually chocolate. To me. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a vehicle for sugar into your mouth. So. Yeah, I got I gotta go with that one. Uh, so. Uh, number three, people from Europe often come to North America and they will say that our chocolate tastes rancid. And the reason why uh. is because apparently a lot of places in North America, they don't use actual cream in their chocolate. They use milk solids. Okay, And yes, that has yeah. a tendency to go rancid faster. Uh, part uh. of that might also be because there's the... North American Hershey's company. Yes. There's the European Hershey's company, which 
do not share recipes. Nestle or, too. Uh, Nestle, as, Nestle well. as well. Yeah. Um, but I would mm. also say that it so could like, just it could also just be due to not like not just but another addition to it is uh, the fact that I don't know if you've ever been to a different country and had milk. Mm, yeah yeah so it does taste different when, Dude, when yeah. we milk went to japan canada doesn't taste the same that's alberta true alberta milk does not taste as good as ontario An- like milk. animals uh, ra- animal uh uh like different uh different species of cow have a different plus, tasting yeah, yeah different regions feeding on different yep. species different, of grasses, grasses or whatever yep, totally. that literally changes the taste of milk and therefore that changes the import of what you're gonna get exactly. yeah so the flavor is gonna be different that's true totally yeah. So when we went to Japan, uh, shokupan is a very popular, just like straight creamy white bread that they make and sell in Japan. Yeah. It is their version of white bread. And it's exceptionally creamy. And the reason why is because their dairy is just really different. It tastes different. All of their milky candies, their milkshakes, their ice cream, it all anything locally made right. tastes different. And that's exactly ah. to your point, Jay, about dairy being different. And when you mix it into chocolate, it just makes the chocolate. It just taste behaves different. a different way. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do you have is there a number four? Uh hold on. There's there's the age old debate between dark and milk always, but I don't think I have an opinion that's on that. That's a preference. It uh, just comes to I being think a it's preference. just a preference. What you like. And honestly, sometimes you just need a chocolate fix, so you get a Mars bar. Yep. Or yeah. you so, get crappy, or or you you walk by <laughs> you walk. Have you, you walk ever into... had a deep fried Mars bar or deep fried chocolate bar? No, I can't do those. No. I find that like for they, me, I think they become cakey, sort of. Yeah, it becomes. I ate cakey. one once back in high yeah. school, and it was absolutely delicious. And I felt like I was having heart pains within 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, God. I, I that sounds know, about right. It, like I like deep fried. Food, but I find that like some foods just do not do well. Like you can deep fry them, but yeah. maybe you shouldn't. Like I, so for me, I don't like funnel cakes. I find that funnel cakes are too cakey, too greasy. They're too greasy. They're too much. Um, but like a deep, like a tempura fried vegetable, a deep fried Ooh. vegetable. Tempura fried is very okay. different, though. Tem- I, tempura is very different, mm-hmm. but like a deep fried vegetable, yes, or like deep fried chicken. I, I, but I have an like I have a counter to that. Uh huh. I've never had a, or I might have had a funnel cake. I just don't remember them. But a deep fried vegetable, but I that I can't really take anymore. I could eat it when I was younger, but not any longer. Blooming onions. Ooh, I can't. That has recently they're, resurfaced as a fancy too much. thing. I think they're yeah, too that much. one is just too much because like I love onion rings, but a blooming onion is just it's a an lot. entire. Onion. It's a lot, but it's also you have to think about sort of the because of the creation process where like they dip, they dip and then they fry, fry and then they, they gotta turn again. it back up. Yeah. I think it's just there's also a lot of residual grease. Yeah, yeah. As it just well. doesn't. It doesn't yeah. exactly yeah. drain. Yeah, it's one of the heaviest, yeah. and I think it's just like I have the same problem. Just give me onion rings. Yeah, I'd rather A&W just has onion good onion rings. Yeah, I love onion rings. Onion rings for why do you think onion rings are one of the best? We can't. We got to end this pretty quick, unfortunately. But quick aside, why do you think uh, McDonald's doesn't make an onion ring? I don't know. Is it not have. an American thing? I don't know. Yeah. No, the thing about onion rings is that it's not something you can easily ship out to a bunch of different stores. I feel um, like McDonald's. So McDonald's logistics is incredible in that. So anytime you they can want to so make th- a consistent onion ring, no, I think that's, that's the issue. Uh, maybe a little bit, but. When it comes to the logistics for McDonald's, they actually have to consider one of the weirdest things they have to consider from uh, that kind of blows your mind on a scale idea. Anytime they need to, they want to come up with, they have like research facilities for their food, right? Like yeah. about how, yeah. not just how to, what the recipe is, but also how to store it and where to source it. Yeah. And anytime they're like, let's source, uh, let's, I want to make blueberry tarts. They don't do blueberry tarts because if they started making blueberry tarts, 
nobody else would have blueberries. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the, literally the how sheer, big they are. The sheer scale of the amount of their operation that they would have period. To give, not just like yeah. in a specific, but like literally so. on almost every continent. It's a really cool sort of big scale thing that you would never really realize, but it's, for, it's actually a thing. For example, chicken McNuggets. There's exactly four shapes. Yeah. Because three would be boring, but five would be too much. <laughs> <laughs> Onion um, rings? Too many goddamn shapes. Yeah. Burger King tried to make consistent onion rings. You know what they did Burger at one King's point? Burger King's isn't good anymore. It was pureed onions, squeezed out into a ring, and then battered Ew. in deep Oh, wow. By, so they tried to do it like the, the nugget way, I but like... I think I just threw up in all, my mouth. Yeah. By Ew. all account, it was an onion ring. And I had them. They tasted fine, but... The consistency when I want an onion ring, I want to bite into it. And see I want a piece some of, of onion. I want okay. to come off. I want some of the onion to come there. and I want. That's what I want, and that's what... A&W gives me. Yeah. And uh, I don't think McDonald's could live up to that expectation. Hmm. There was something else I wanted to bring up, but you know what? There's no time, and I can't remember it anyways. So <laughs> let's uh, let's end this one. But anyway, chocolate, have some. Uh, even onion if you rings, were... have some. Onion rings, have some. Chocolate onion rings, don't watch, have some. Watch Interspecies. Do, you, do you any of you know someone who just doesn't like chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, lots of people. But like like my general philosophy about any food that I like that someone else doesn't like, it's fine. There's more food for more me. More for me. And then there's the food that I don't like, there's more for them. Perfect. Yeah. And there's more OdaFest weekend passes available <laughs> on the website for $55. It's true. And maybe maybe you should be there. Yeah. We'll be there. We'll be Will there. Will you? Dun, dun, dun. Thanks Angela, for joining us. Bye. 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 <laughs>